Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Define University podcast, a space designed for educators to ignite your passion, transform your mindset, and learn to love who you are in the process. My name is Lindsay Titus, and I am here to share simple yet strategic steps each week with you to build your momentum into creating a life full of purpose and passion. The time is now. Let's dive on in to today's episode. Welcome back, everyone. For today's episode, we are heading into my past a little bit, a look into my journey into getting to where I am today. I've been blessed with so many amazing educational experiences and some that I'm not so fond of, so let's not waste any time and let's jump on in. My journey into the educator I am today started way back in second grade. So I mentioned in the first episode of this podcast how in second grade I moved from Canada to Buffalo, New York. I also talked about how I learned to be quiet in this class because I sounded different from everyone else. What I didn't mention was that my second grade teacher that year, she was the teacher, the quintessential teacher that everyone, I think every parent hopes and dreams that their student, their child will have. She was the teacher that when I was in college at my teacher prep course and the professor would ask, why are you here? What's the reason you've gone into teaching? Her name came out every single time, Miss Egan. She made me feel welcome. She made me feel heard, even when I didn't speak. Elementary school teachers listening out there, hear me when I say you are making a difference. The challenge is our kids can't often tell us, but trust me, it's in there and you are. I am living proof of it. I stayed in contact with Miss Egan for years after second grade. And when I was in high school, so many years later, I was finally able to thank her for all that she had given to me just by showing up every day, talking to me and being there. See, she didn't do anything crazy, but it was in the little moments, those little moments she did every day that lit me up and they allowed me to feel safe and secure in a classroom that I constantly just wanted to hide in. The rest of my school years through middle school and high school were up and down. I've already mentioned on the podcast about how in fifth grade, I had a behavior support plan to increase my ability to share out in class, which in all honesty was moderately successful for that year at least. And then came sixth grade. In sixth grade, I had one of the most embarrassing moments as a student, and at the time, I had no idea, but this interaction that I had with a teacher ultimately helped to shape me into the educator I am today. So in sixth grade, my parents smoked in the house. And the reason this is important is I'm gonna share with you now. So my parents smoked in our house, and one day, I'm in ELA, and my teacher is handing out our writer's notebooks for us to work in. And as she is handing them out, she gets to mine, stops for a minute in front of my desk, and announces to the whole class, this stinks, this is so gross. Who smokes in your house? Now remember, I already had issues feeling small and wanting to hide all the time in school. So yeah, guess what happened next? That feeling just increased 500%. I was mortified. Teachers, educators, administrators, please remember that privacy always prevails. Now, what my teacher said is just not appropriate in any sense of the word, but yet the fact that she did it in front of my peers, in front of the whole class, 
We've got to do better. We've got to do better at talking with students privately, and that goes for all interactions. And another important part here is it's important to note, I didn't often get angry as a kid, externally at least, but what I did do was cry. So now, after I've been humiliated in front of my peers, now I'm also sobbing in front of them too. So much so that this teacher sent me out of class to get over it. And I know you can't see me right now, but yes, those were in quotes, and that was what she said. Her words, not mine. Privacy always prevails. If you are talking about something specific to a student, only one student is to be listening. I guess a second good thing that came out of this experience, one being I learned the type of educator I didn't want to be, two being my parents started then smoking in the garage, but that's a conversation for another day. While we are on the topic of situations that helped to shape me into the educator I am today, I have one more story for you. Fast forward to eighth grade. Eighth grade was hard for me. It's the year where students started to take accelerated classes, which for me meant taking earth science as an eighth grader, which was typically a ninth grade science class where I went to school. So I was picked for this class because I had good grades, really good grades actually, but the part that was always really hard for me is that I worked really hard for those grades. Learning did not come easy for me, especially comprehension. I could read something a thousand times and still have no idea what it truly meant. So I worked. I worked hard and I got good grades. All right, so earth science rolls around and I struggled. No matter how many hours I read or practiced, it still didn't make any sense to me. So my mom hired a tutor for me, and I worked with that tutor every week after school to learn the material. And this one-on-one time really helped me understand the material better. I felt safe to ask questions that I didn't want to ask in class, and she she was able to explain it in a way that made sense to me finally. I finally understood the information. So the end of the year, test day comes, and I took it. A little while later, when the results were available, I remember this so distinctly. I was walking in the hallway with about five to six other students from that same earth science class. Our teacher stops us in the hall and says, everyone, I am so proud of you. You all crushed the test. All of you, but one person in the class received over a 90% on the test. Then she looked right at me and said, Lindsay, you got an 82. Great job. Guys, I was crushed. I was embarrassed. I was defeated. I was the only one that didn't score above 90, and now my peers knew that too. Hear me when I say, privacy always prevails. Had I been told that grade in private without knowing that everyone else scored a 90, I would have been beaming with pride over an 82. I knew how hard I had worked for it. And yet with one simple statement, I fell apart. Educators, hear me loud and clear. We have to do better. I don't believe my teacher intended to make me upset. I actually think she was proud. But the way in which she shared that information in the hallway for anyone to hear is not something I would recommend doing. And yet, I see it all the time. Teachers talking to students in the hallway, maybe not so everyone can hear, But what's even worse is that because they can't hear what's going on, they assume. They make up stories. Privacy prevails, but that also means we have to take into account where the privacy is happening. Always talking to a kid out in the hallway, 
is still shining a spotlight on the student. And even if you are saying positive things or just asking a question, kids think differently. Why? Because most of the time, teachers bring kids in the hallway for negative things. It's time to change this. Talk to classroom, talk to students in the classroom. Get down on their level. Use the 10 to 1 feedback ratio, 10 positives to every one redirect or feedback statement given. So students are just accustomed to the teacher talking to students throughout the day privately. Use a prevention statement at the beginning of the year or better yet throughout the year to let the students know you will only talk to each individual student about each individual student. Let them know when you are talking to one student, it's for that one student to grow. And you will be talking to all students during the year so as that's how you connect with them. Let them know this. Take out the assumption. Okay, got on a little tangent there, but I think it's one that needed to be said. And it's because of these. So let's get back to the the topic at at hand here. So these two experiences that, that I shared, and I'm sure there's more, They have helped to shape me into the educator I am today. See, without these experiences, I may not know what it feels like to be that student that's embarrassed in class. I may not have recognized the importance of privacy. See, I think we all know the importance of these things, but actually recognizing and changing my own behavior because of it, that's when we truly get it. I know a lot of things. I have a lot of knowledge, but having the knowledge isn't the power. Applying the knowledge is where the power comes in. After high school, I applied and was accepted to SUNY Geneseo, a state school here in New York, to which I went and obtained my bachelor's degree in education. After graduating, I was certified as a gen ed and special ed teacher for students birth through sixth grade. I student taught the last semester of college, and I was lucky to be hired by the school district that I had student taught in immediately after graduation. Guys, That first year was rough. There is no other way to put it. It was full of small hills and major valleys. But the thing is, I wouldn't change it for the world. That first year of teaching taught me so much about myself as an educator. It was the year that I met Brian Mendler, my now mentor that keeps me going, that that pumps me up every single day. He was my graduate professor and actually came into my classroom that first year to help me out. It was during his class in my my graduate program that I truly understood the importance of establishing relationships with my students above and beyond what I had learned in my undergrad classes. I started to see behavior through a new lens. After my second year of teaching, still in a kindergarten through second grade self-contained classroom, a position in my building opened up as a third and fourth grade consultant teacher. I was new in the field and was already feeling the burnout from the aggressive behaviors of my students, so I decided to make that switch and take the new role. And what I found out was I was bored. I realized that although I was frustrated in the self-contained classroom, I missed the behaviors, the wonders that I wasn't working with as a consultant teacher. I quickly realized that focusing on the academic modifications that my new role entailed just wasn't for me. That statement there wasn't for me is so important. It's so important that as educators, we check in with ourselves often and truly ask, is this what I'm meant to be doing? And for me, the answer was no. 
So during this time, I had the opportunity to go to a New York State mandated three hour autism training where I met Trisha, who is now one of my dear friends. As part of her intro to this training, she explained that she was a BCBA and throughout the rest of the training, I was hooked. I had never heard these letters before, but immediately I knew I wanted more. For the first time in a long time, I knew the direction I wanted to go with my career. So at the end of the training, I went up to Trisha and I said, I want to do what you do. And the rest is history. I signed up for classes the next week. Trisha became my supervisor and I spent the next year and a half doing my schoolwork and practicum hours while working again in a different K2 classroom in a different district. A lot of people ask me, how did I know obtaining my BCBA was for me? And the answer is, it felt right. When I looked at where I wanted to be spending my energy each day or even at night, it was always related to the behaviors of my students. I wanted to know the why. I wanted to implement interventions to increase replacement behaviors and more expected behaviors. I was captivated by learning all things behavior. And when I learned that there was a certification for this newfound passion I had, I knew I had to go all in. So two years later, I decided to go back to school for my BCBA. I was certified as a behavior analyst and since have had the opportunity to work in different settings, applying my skill set in a variety of ways. My transition from working as a classroom teacher to working as a behavior specialist, a behavior consultant, happened after I had been in the classroom for five years. How that transition happened is a story for another podcast which no worries is coming to you next. So stay tuned. So in episode seven, spoiler alert, I'm going to share information that I've really never shared before, but it's time. So that story, that experience, that opportunity for growth, it's coming to you in the next episode. All right. So after I transitioned out of the classroom, I had the opportunity to work at a residential school and home as a behavior specialist. I've also worked at a learning center, working as a coordinator of a program focusing on in-home and community supports for students with developmental disabilities. I've also worked as an in-home supervisor for a private ABA company. And a year and a half ago, I found myself working back in the public school system as a behavior specialist. After six years out of the traditional classroom and school setting, I returned with a new role, a new outlook, and a new lens on life, really. My journey to get where I am today has been just that, a journey. But every job I've held, every experience I've lived through has shaped me into the behavior analyst I am today. For anyone listening, feeling like they aren't sure if you're on the right path or not, you are. Trust me when I say that, that's the beauty in all of this. Every step along my journey was purposeful because it led me to where I am now. Sharing my story with you today, so that if you're feeling frustrated, if you're feeling confused, I get it. I've been there. And my best advice to you is to trust that you are on the path you are meant to be on. The job you hold today may not be where you are in a year, five years, 10 years from now, but that doesn't mean where you are now is for nothing. You're on the right path right now as you are where you are. Trust in that. Trust in the meaning and purpose from what your current role is providing to you, bringing to you, and know that your journey is your journey. Something I'm proud of in my journey is that I didn't settle. If a role wasn't serving me anymore, I learned to say, 
it's time to move on. Your journey is your journey. No one else's. Trust in who you are. Love who you are. And trust that you are always on the right path. That is a wrap on today's episode. And we covered a lot. We covered privacy. We covered your journey. And we covered owning who you are as an educator. As always, if you love this episode, which I hope that you did, I would love for you to share this out on social media and tag me in it. If you are willing as well, I would love for you to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast too. If you're looking for more free content each week, have you checked out these places yet? You can catch me every Monday through Friday morning on Instagram, sharing a morning message just for you. You can find me at lindsay.titus828. Another place you can find me is my Define University Facebook group is full of trainings and I also go live every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to share some quick tips and tricks for you each week. And the last piece is who doesn't love a good freebie? Every week I send a freebie out to my email subscribers. You can sign up at my website today. Just head to www.defineuniversity.com. That's university, Y-O-U, university. And if you are looking for a way to work one-on-one with me, you can. My website has the different courses available for working with me as your educational coach. Check out my VIP one-on-one coaching as well as my self-paced course if you are interested. And last but certainly not least, my one-day workshops are coming up soon. I will be in Providence, Rhode Island on March 12th and Manchester, New Hampshire on March 13th. Come spend a day with me, a full day with me, where I share all the tips for working with and connecting with your most challenging students. For more information, you can go to brianmenler.com and follow the link for regional seminars. That is it for today. We jam-packed all the knowledge, all the tips, all the stories in under 20 minutes. I hope this fired you up to own your journey, to follow the path that you are on, and always remember Privacy prevails when we're working with our students. Thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing week ahead. And as always, we will talk soon.